Let's pray. Father, we, it's an understatement to even say this, but we need your help. We just do. And I, I want to stand at the front of the line for the, the handout for your help today. Um, we are people in great need. And uh, we live in such a materialistic world where we find so many comforts in uh, our things, our possessions. Um, thank you for the reminder that all we have as believers is Christ. All we need is Christ. And so I pray, Father, today that we would see your Son so clearly in the things that we study, that he would be glorified in it, the church would be edified, and, Lord, you would empower us as your witnesses. All Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The reason James gave me a hard time was because I chose to do the longest psalm. In fact, the longest chapter in the Bible. So if you take your Bibles and go to Psalm 119. And yes, we're going to do every verse. I sure hope you brought a snack, folks, because we're going to be here. So I felt bad for the kids. <laughs> I'm like, you just kidding. We're, we're actually going to do this a little bit different today than, um, than just walking verse by verse um, as we have done and continue to do. And so uh, you will definitely need sermon notes if you don't have them. If you don't want them, that's fine. Um, uh, but they will help, I promise. Um, Psalm 119. It is, as I've said, the longest chapter in the Bible. It's the longest psalm, but it is, it is definitely the longest chapter in the Bible. It is... 176 verses. Just reading it alone will take about 20 minutes. However, we are in a study of the Psalms. And we would be amiss to at least not tip our hats in respect to this as the biggest chapter in the Bible, but it is, it is profound. And so, um, so we want to do that today as we walk through this. Um, a little bit of, of about this psalm. It's an acrostic. Uh, you guys remember what an acrostic is? Okay, I'll refresh you. An acrostic is, uh, every section starting with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. All right. So if you notice, if you got the psalm open, it's broken up in sections of seven verses. Okay, and at the top of each section, it's got a, a different uh, Hebrew alpha, uh, Hebrew letter. Okay. So, um, what are the what's, what's the theme of this book? The theme of this of this of this chapter is the benefits and greatness of the Bible. Or uh, to use the psalmist's words, word, law, commands, judgments, promises, testimonies, precepts, statutes, rules. They're all there. They all point to the word of God, to the scripture. So on the surface, this is a... We've talked about the different genre, the different types of writings of the psalms and different varieties of the of writings in the bible okay they're, they're those are called genre and this one on the surface at least looks like anybody got a guess what's the, the psalm is going to teach us about the bible what kind of psalm would that be what was that okay it could be for sure but let's go with something else Guys, we're going to have to enter. If we're going to get through this, we've got to work together, okay? I'm not going to get up and preach the whole psalm. You're going to have to help. <laughs> Anybody else? It's <laughs> a good guess. Starts with a W. Wisdom. All right, good. It's a wisdom psalm, at least on the surface, but aside from it being an acrostic, aside from it being that very instructive, the longest chapter in the Bible... 
we could, as we read this today, I could actually ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because it's, other than like the first three verses, the rest of this is a prayer. I had never noticed that before, which means that this isn't just a wisdom psalm. We've talked about how this, sometimes these different genre cross over, that a psalm can be more than one kind, and this is definitely more than one kind. This is a psalm of praise. So the longest chapter in the Bible is a prayer praising God for his word. This is so cool. So, um, so how do I prep you for this? 20 minutes of solid Bible reading. We're, we're going to approach this kind of like we approach the children's time, okay? So, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to bait you. Um, and, and the reason I'm doing this is because we're Americans, okay? We give little pills to children who don't have long attention spans, but you know where they get that from? <laughs> from us, all right? Uh, so, uh, so I want to help us to, uh, keep our attention focused on, uh, on what we're reading, which, by the way, that's why we do the children's thing the way that we do, because we're baiting the children so that they'll listen. <laughs> or we're hoping that they will listen. So, um, so if you have sermon notes, this is what we're gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna give you some questions, okay? And, uh, and you're gonna, you're gonna hopefully take time as we read to just jot down little verses, like, yeah. Yep. So a little half sheets. It's got all the questions on there. So if you don't have one, um, you can grab one or I'll read them if you want to jot them down really quickly. This is going to help us. Okay. And like I said, this is going to be interactive. I'm not doing this by myself. So you're going to help me answer these questions. Okay. So, uh, so here are the questions. The first one is, how does the psalmist feel about the Bible? How has the Bible benefited him. And I know the word feel is very subjective. Um, I'm not yet asking us how we feel about it. Um, um, that's not good interpretation. Good interpretation is actually starting with how did the guy who wrote it feel? What was he thinking? All right. So how does the psalmist feel about the Bible and how has it benefited him? Second question. How does the psalmist feel? When the Bible isn't honored or obeyed. How does the psalmist feel when the Bible isn't honored or obeyed? Third question. How is a Christian's suffering, or the word that we'll read several times over is the word uh, afflicted or affliction. So, so how is a Christian's suffering connected to the Bible? How is a Christian suffering connected to the Bible? Number four, now we'll get into something a little bit more subjective. What's your favorite verse? Okay, so I'm going to take time. I'm going to ask that question, and you are going to stand up and boldly read the verse that you that jumped out off the page to you, okay? You guys are going to have to loosen up, okay? All right. And then last, but certainly not least, number five, where is Christ? It, we, we can't read the Old Testament and not ask that question. How does this point to Jesus? So that's what we're going to do. Whew. Is everybody ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Psalm 119. Starting in verse 1 all the way through verse 176. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. 
I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take me away. Uh, take away from me scorn and contempt for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I, I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts in your righteousness. Give me life. Verse 41. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And shall I walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts and I shall walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings. I shall not be put to shame for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. 
Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I'll meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes that I may not be put to shame. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I've become like a wineskin in smoke, yet I've not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth. But I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this day for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I've seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation All the day, your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid it a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You're my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live. And let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who astray, go astray from your statutes for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you and I'm afraid of your judgments. I have done What is just and right? Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act for your law has been broken. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let 
No iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart I cry. Answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you. Save me that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord. According to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord. And all your commandments are true. Long have I known that your testimonies, long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look on my affliction. Deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause. But my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord. And I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies for all my ways are before you. Let me let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise for you. Teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word for all your commandments are right. Let your hands be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. May God be blessed in the reading of his word. So help me out. How does the psalmist feel about the Bible? Um, How has it benefited him? Now, I ask the question. I, I, I don't I don't I'm not expecting a long discourse Okay, so if you're a long discourse kind of person, give other people a chance. You know what I'm saying? All right, because I want to go home and eat lunch at a decent hour. Okay, so how does this almost feel about the Bible? It's his delight. Very good. Anybody else? What's that? It's his most precious treasure. Yeah, it causes him to praise. It pushes him to praise. Good. Anybody else? It's his life. Yeah. It's a good sum. It's his meditations, what he thinks about. Yeah, it's, it's his counselors. It's, it's, his, it's, it's where he goes for counsel. Verse 20. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. <laughs> Man, this guy was thirsty. 
for the scripture. Um, <laughs> do you catch 47 and 48? Uh, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love. It's like he has to repeat himself. Like when I think about the the law of God, I just love it. And, and then I think about the commands of God, and I just love it. Anybody else? He's definitely not ashamed of it, for sure. This is this is convicting. Verse seventy two. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. <laughs> he says elsewhere that it's better than gold, fine gold, you know, the refined stuff, the really good stuff. Ah, you know what's what's more valuable than all of your equity and all all the things that you own, your house, your cars, um, your clothes, your anything that you treasure. What's more valuable is whatever comes out of the mouth of God. What's that? Yeah, it's not ours anyway. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he gives direction. This this psalmist is without direction apart from the law of God. Um, one of my favorites in here is uh, 98, 99, 100. I love this. It's the benefits here. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. So, so when it comes to these, and, and we we see a lot of that people that are persecuting him, and he's begging God to help him to hold fast to His word because of all these uh, persecutions that are happening and people that hate him. Well, you know, ninety eight is pretty apparent, right? I mean, he clearly has to be wiser than his enemies if he's in love with the word of God. But verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies or my meditation. So, so he's even looking at when he's, when he's with not enemies, but teachers, he's even saying, man, I have an understanding that some of my teachers don't have because I'm studying the word of God. Verse 100, I understand more than the aged, (laughs) Um, and by the way, just because you have gray hair doesn't mean you're wise. Just throwing that out. Haven't you ever met old fools before? But here the psalmist is saying, even, even those that have a lifetime of experience don't compare to those who trust your word. Um... One more, unless somebody else has another one. Ah. Yes. I am a com- verse sixty-three. I'm a companion to all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. That's a really good point. That 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 there's. And we talked about this Sunday school. Um, this this kind of harkens back to what James talked about last week, as far as the unity that we share uh, among believers. Man, we've got that. And it's not because we're all from Pike County. It's not because we're all, we're all in a farming community. It's not none of that. It's the Word of God. It binds us together. Um, verse 165. Isn't this awesome? Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Great peace. I... I know, firmly convinced, that the testimonies of God's word are true. So what I'm going to say, I'm, I'm not backing off of that. But have you ever, have you ever wanted to say to somebody who's lost, who has rejected the gospel, you know, I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But at least I'm not miserable. So I know we've got family members that, that they reject Christ. They reject the gospel. They think it's dumb. And they are the most miserable people I've ever met. Isn't that heartbreaking? And, and the answer is in front of them every time. They see Christians with marriages together and families together and, and 
and, and, and like things look right. It doesn't mean they're, they're always right, but you understand where I'm going with this? Great peace. <laughs> Great peace belongs to those who are wrapped up in the word of God, wrapped up into his law, wrapped up into, into things that he has spoken. I'm not smarter than God. It's really better just to conform my life to what he has to say. Second question. You have something, Katie? Huh? Well, I'll, don't get ahead of me. We'll get to favorite verses and just hang on. Come back to you. How does the psalmist feel when the Bible isn't honored or obeyed? Oh, he's disgusted. He uses the word hate several times, doesn't he? Huh? Rage. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes, I've got that one wrote down. We're going to come back to that. Anybody else? Yeah, he's, he is broken hearted. Now, this is important. I, 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 for years, I've been in this debate with myself, which is kind of weird, but I, I've been in this debate with whether or not there is such a thing as righteous indignation. You know what I'm talking about? Like, 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 like in this particular case, anger is justified. Like, like at, at this point, it's right to be angry. It's righteous indignation. Like the, all, all of the right motives are there to, to that anger is the right response. Yeah, at the same time, you've got commands in the New Testament saying, put anger, wrath, clamoring, put it all away. Ephesians, Paul tells the Ephesians, just get rid of all of it. So, so is there a category for really honest, uh, law-driven anger? Now, if you take the things that this psalmist is saying, then you have to say the answer to that question is yes. There is, in some form or fashion, this category for being angry. I mean, this is inspired text. And he says, I hate all evildoers. Um, So, uh, let's see, verse 21... Uh, you rebuke the insolent, accursed ones. He calls them insolent. He calls them accursed who wander from your commandments. Um, verse 53, hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Hot indignation. That sounds like anger, doesn't it? Uh, I think probably what goes along with this, um, 126. Well, by the way, so, so, uh, <laughs> uh, how many of you like wa- read news outlets or watch the, I'm sorry if you watch the news on a regular basis. You, you, you watch the news and just, man, you've got to be kidding me. I can't believe they're doing this. And maybe because of uh, our slant, whether it be politically or morally, that we feel justified in feeling that way. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe we'd say, well, ah, we're justified. They're definitely doing something wrong, and that very much upsets me. I want to give, I don't want to just come out and say there is a category for righteous indignation and not give some stipulations for what that should look like. And one of them is verse 126. Has your anger that you feel is righteous, has it ever driven you to this? It is time for the Lord to act for your law has been broken. Has your frustration, your angst over the things that are happening in our world, have they driven you to the point where you're begging God, please do something? God, you have to come down, rend the heavens, please. This can't continue. We're killing millions of babies. Do something, right? Or is it just, man, that just makes me mad. 
Or has it driven you to earnest prayer? God, you've got to do something. That if it's done that, I think your anger is justified. Fair to say? Or as was pointed out just a little bit ago, verse 136, my eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Has it driven you to that yet? Or do we just get angry and go out and chop wood? You know what I'm saying? Like, ah! No, honest question. If our anger, if, if there is this category of righteous indignation, has it driven you to weep over lost people? Has it driven you to weep over the fact that, for me, I go to work every day, I, I, I see lost people all around me, and just the last couple of weeks just been, God, they're going to hell without Christ. They're totally disregarding your word. Have you wept over your coworkers? Or do we just get jaded and maybe it doesn't affect us at all? Stop and think about it. Eternity is real. Where people go without Christ is real. There are people right now today who hate God's word. Are we broken? Not just angry. Are we broken over them? All right, anybody else got an answer for that one? Number three. How is a Christian suffering connected to the Bible? Did you catch those handful of verses in there? When I, when I, when I was in college, I really was, you know, I grew up in church. You know, you, you reference the Psalms, you read the Psalms, everybody reads the Psalms. You know. I'm like, man, I just want to study this. I just, I just want to, man, I, so, so I, I hit the brakes and I just started studying the Psalms one chapter at a time, nice and slow, asking myself what is actually being said here. And when I got to Psalm 119, this is the, these verses are the ones that just flew off the page to me. So how is affliction connected to the Bible? Yes, sir. You got one? No? Ooh, I'm wearied from grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Mine says my soul melts away for sorrow. Same thing with the verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. What's happening? What's the psalmist saying? What's he, what's, what's happening? Bad things are happening. How does he respond? Yeah. It's, it's strengthening his grip. When he's suffering, he's holding tighter. Rowan? Verse 69, the ins- you said 69? The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Is that the one you were thinking of? You want to explain that one? Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. It is good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. Sixty-seven. Yeah, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Eighty-six, eighty-seven. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. You need to think about this. We think that this is, this is a, an author of the Bible. I mean, this guy, he's, he's like a rock. You know, he's, I mean, 
I mean, God had used him, used his pen and his mind to write these things down. There's no way this guy's getting shaken. Hang on. Because the world comes after you, and by the way, they're after you. Because we are hit 24-7 with all things other than Jesus. Yeah, the wicked wait for me to destroy me. Verse 95. They, it's not like I'm being persecuted, but I'm still trusting your word. It's they're persecuting me because I trust your word. They don't want me to trust your word. Again, world hates the Bible. And they think we're ridiculous for trusting the word. So they're trying to systematically dismantle your faith. Whether it's conscientious or not. That is just the approach of the world. So. We need the word as an anchor. That's verse 50, right? This is my comfort, my affliction that your promise gives me life. So in the middle of all of my suffering, I'm, your words got me, I'm tethered. Um, we, we covered 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Uh, how's that, how's my affliction connected to the Bible? Well, if I get afflicted, it may be God saying, hey, you need to get back to center here. Verse 71, same thing. It's good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Man, there's purpose in our suffering. That, that's what stood out to me when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old. Man, it's not like I love Jesus and then all this other stuff is around me that just chaotic and makes no sense. No, he's very purposeful in all that. In fact, that's, that's 75. I know, oh Lord, that your rules are righteous and in faithfulness you have afflicted me. That it's, it's not, it's not that God is disconnected from all the troubles of my life. He's orchestrating them so that I would trust Him more. Mark, did you have something? 75, 76. Uh, so I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous, that in faithfulness you've afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. So so in the midst of that, he's, he's gaining comfort from the word. Man, that's good stuff. Whew. Anybody else? Katie, are you ready? Okay, what's your favorite verse? Read it to us. Fashioned. Very good. So your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. What's the purpose of creation? Why did God make us? There's your answer. It did. Yeah, he made you specifically, Katie. You have you have special purpose. And that purpose is that God, God made and fashioned you just so that you would trust Him. Wow. But as a teenager, run with that. Because every, like, that is the teen world's, oh, oh, so confused about life and what we're supposed to do. No, it's, it's pretty clear. Just live with, just follow God. Yeah, just follow God. It's not complicated, is it? Very good. Alright, anybody else? Favorite verse? Paul? Yeah, so how can a young man keep his way pure or an old man? Uh, that's, <laughs> we can put the word, I mean older, I don't mean old. Sorry. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your words? <laughs> this is not comp, this is not rocket science, is it? How do you, how do you stay pure? Trust, trust God's word. Just trust what he says. Oh, that's too complicated. We need years of counseling and psychotherapy and... No. Trust the Bible. 
When, when the Bible says flee sexual immorality, the manly thing to do is obey and run for your lives. Boys, throw your cell phones in the Mississippi River. You know what I'm saying? If it's going to cause a problem, it's better for your eyes to be plucked out than for you. You know what I'm saying? Just Somebody else had their hand up. 142. 142. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your righteousness is righteous forever. It's an everlasting. It's not just like a righteousness for here and now. For this time, it's forever. It's forever righteous. Um, you're exactly right. If God doesn't keep His word, He has more to lose than we do. Mm. Yeah. He banks His entire reputation on what He has said and the promises that He keeps. Yes. Yep. Verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, thousands of years ago, kings rising and falling, nations rising and falling, nations coming and going. Who's always been there? Whose word has always been firmly fixed? It's like we look at we look around us at what's happening in our society, and we we do we hurt and we should, and yet, man, at the same time we can have the utmost confidence because our God has been here before. We can trust Him. Rusty, do you have one? Yeah. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Whew. Huh? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, again, that really speaks to the culture around us. I mean, think about how engrossed we are in materialism. And it, it's all going to get thrown away. Simeon. Very good. Verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So this is not just an academic study, is it? It's not just a sermon setting where we talk about a few things and go on. The word of God, the purpose of God's word in our lives is to... So that we wouldn't sin against him. God doesn't want you sinning against him. So he's going to give you his word. It's good, Simeon. Anybody else? Nikki? 114. Yeah. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Anybody else? Mark? Mm. Yeah. Again, this isn't academic. This is not just a, a classroom setting where we learn a few things. This goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. This this is not just an instructional psalm. This is a this is a prayer. It's not just I'm going to learn what the Bible says or memorize a few verses. The psalmist is saying, I need help. But I can't even learn these things without the Lord's help. All right, anybody else? Brock? Yes, very good. Keep my Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let... No sin, no iniquity get dominion over me. So see, it's one way there. You guys have heard this before. You don't, there's no riding the fence in Christianity. You're either, 
you're either saved and walking with him or you're unsaved. And we have to, we have to face this every day. Either the word of God is going to rule in my life or sin is going to rule in my, in my life. The, and the psalmist is saying, my prayer is, God, do not let sin dominate my life. Courtney? Right. Yes. Absolutely. And you guys know seven, the biblical number seven is more than just seven. What he's essentially getting at there is that he is constantly, completely meditating, striving, wanting to know what God's word has to say. Yeah, this is not just a Lord help me through the day kind of thing. This is every day, every moment going, God, I need help. Hmm. Now, my favorites were, anybody else? Kathy? Ah. Very good. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Excellent. Sydney? Mm. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Anybody else? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what the implication... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I've talked to the Awana kids about this verse before because, of course, this is kind of the, our Awana thing is, is hiding God's Word in our heart and it being a light to our feet. The implication, the, the, the other side of this verse is that you have no light apart from the Word. Like, I'm on a path, and it's really dark, and there is no other light alternative besides the Word of God. That's it. That's all you've got. My favorite verses were the ones on affliction, um, and as I was studying this the last couple of weeks, one uh, 140, really, I love this. Your promise is well-tried, and your servant loves it. So again... We're, we're, you know, trusting the Lord is not a new thing. Trusting His Word is not new. It's old. It's been tried. It's been tried. Okay. Where's Christ? <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Where is He in Psalm 119? Let me be more specific. Not where is He seated now at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> okay, that's kind of broad, but yes, he's in every verse in some form or fashion. Where at in those verses? He is there. Where is he? Huh? Oh, that's true. That's true. He's in our affliction. Good. Say that louder. He's the living word. When and, you know, as I was again studying this, going, okay, well, how do we how do we get to the gospel here? How do we get to what Christ has done? And kind of the answer is John one one. You guys know this, right? In the beginning was the, and the was with God, and the Word. What's verse fourteen of John one say? The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we have beheld his glory. Glory as of the only blank. You guys get it? (laughs) So, having that in mind, just just as an exercise, just, just for funsies, go to verse 25. It just give you a sample of what we can do here to see Christ. 
verse 25, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to Christ. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me according to Christ. Make my understanding of the way. Make me understand the way of Christ and I'll meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to Christ. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me Christ. I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I set Christ before me. I cling to Christ, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I run in the way of Christ when you enlarge my heart. He is the word of God in the flesh. So when we're talking about, sorry, Nikki, when we were talking about the precepts and the rules and the laws and the commandments and the promises, those are all pointing to Jesus. Nikki? He is the fulfillment of the law, which brings me to, if you go back to the very first of this psalm, look at verses 2 and 3. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. Is that any of us? Can you honestly say, um, I'm blessed because I keep his testimonies and I seek them wholeheartedly all the time? No. Right from the get-go, we are in trouble. Because that... Blessing we don't get. It's not ours. However, God's solution is that there was one man who was blessed in this way. There was one man who obeyed him wholeheartedly. And he happens to be your substitute who died on the cross for your sins. Another aspect of this, Psalm 120, or excuse me, verse 123. I mean, does this resonate? My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Who is that referring to? It's Christ. The psalmist is looking ahead going, man, I can't wait. I'm so excited that someday your righteous promise is going to be fulfilled. And it was 2,000 years ago on the cross. Okay, we're, we're, we're like a little bit longer. We're done, okay? So, application. There's plenty here to choose from. Um, have you ever struggled with how to pray? You never have to again. Because when you're not sure what to pray, just pray what the Bible says. The longest chapter in the Bible is a prayer about the Bible. Lord, I don't know what your will is. Pray the Bible. And we, we, we have to ask this question. It wasn't the right question to ask at the beginning. Uh, the question we needed to ask at the beginning was, how does the psalmist feel to, towards the word? But now, after having explored some of this psalm, the question is, how do you feel towards the word? In other words, do I respond the same way to the Bible that the psalmist responds to the Bible. That's convicting. Because we do. We get into a routine. We do our thing. We listen to what the Bible says. You know, we, we, we hear the sermons. But the question is, do I feel the same way? When I think about the law, do I really delight in it the way the psalmist delights in it? Do I really, am I really burdened and offended and feel that indignation and, and flee to the Lord in prayer when I see people not obeying his word? Or is it just, well, that's the way the world is, whatever, no big deal. Let's pray. 
Lord, this is truth. It's not just a, 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 um, another facet of what is true. This is, according to the psalmist, the sum, everything you have said is the summation of what is true. Lord, please, please, please shift our eyes away from looking at worthless things. That we would right along with this psalmist. This psalmist that if we're in Christ, we're going to meet this psalmist someday. And we're going to get to shake his hand and thank him for what he said here. Because he speak, he, he, he's spoken to my soul as a believer. Your word really is this good. God... Empty us of worldly affection and just fill us with an affection for what you have said. In Jesus' name, amen.